So, Frank, come on up. Frank Hummel, where are you at? Come on up, Frank. So, you know, here at the church, we believe in fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and shepherds. And one of the gifts is the prophet or prophetic. And I had some time to spend with Frank this week, and a lot of other folks know you as well. And uh, we believe in New Prophet Test- our New Testament prophetic ministry. And uh, we believe that Frank is a seasoned, humble individual who brings the word. And we're very excited and encourage him and acknowledge him to come up here and speak today about what the Lord's telling him for this year. Thanks, right? Tom. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. <clears throat> Ryan, am I on? We're good? Okay. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. Like a friend of mine used to say, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. Depends on your perspective, right? Okay, well, let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you that we can be found with like believers. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you that you have such a passion for us to become your friend and for us to sit at your feet and for us to be found in the secret place and for us to make you our top priority. So Lord, that is our prayer. And as we come into this uh, new year, we pray that you would help us to do just that. Amen. Well, Tom asked me to speak this morning and uh, I had shared with a few people, normally the Lord gives me, usually in December, a number of things about the upcoming new year, and I had shared those with some people. And So Tom said, well, why don't you do that? Uh, we have a vacancy here in, in the rotation, so why don't you come up and speak? So I said, sure, it's time anyways to do that. So I got before the Lord and, and waited, and <clears throat> like I always do, and nothing. <laughs> Make a long story short, about four or five more times, zero. It's like I thought I was maybe I had the wrong channel or something. I wasn't just wasn't, wasn't jiving. So anyways, come to find out that it was not what it has always been before. It's always God says this about, you know, the church and the nation and other countries and the body of Christ, and that just didn't happen. This time, really, what I felt God was saying to me, and I believe for all of us, is that this is the time in this season that we're in, we really have to draw much closer to, the, to God, much closer to the Lord. We have to come into that secret place Uh, that place of intimacy, Uh, and maybe some of us are already here, my hat is off to you, and if the rest of you are not, this is prime time. Because of the season that we're coming into, we really need to come to a place of greater intimacy, and and specifically, the prayers that we pray are good, but, but this is somewhat different in that God is saying, I want you to be alone with me. So I want you to put away whatever is keeping you from doing this. And, uh, you know, we all pray during the day, and that's all good. And, you know, you ask most believers, well, do you, do you know the Lord? Well, I'm, I'm saved. I know the Lord. I, I do my part. I, I read one chapter a day. I pray at least five minutes, and, and God's good. Well, that's good. But I think God is saying he wants more. I really believe God is saying it's more we need to dig in we need to really get serious. As we used to say when I was in business, we need to make the main thing the main thing. Let's make, the, let's make our number one top priority, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's purpose to ascend into the heavens, to hear what God is saying, to come back down, and let's just legislate that on the earth. Let's get, 
a, a clear understanding of what God is saying, what he wants to do, what his strategies are. Let's bring it back down to earth, knowing what God wants to do. Let's boldly declare and decree the word of the Lord. Let's help legislate that. Let's see it happen. So, a little bit different from what I thought it would be. So, this is a year to develop a strong relationship with the Lord. And, you know, a lot of us have that. If we don't, I think it's a time to reevaluate our priorities. Uh, What is keeping us from doing that? Uh, I know for us, the one thing that we've had to do is turn off the TV, basically. Because we found it... it, uh, it's like looking at the internet. I find I get up early in the morning to seek God's face. The one thing I know is I cannot look at electronics. I can't look at my iPad or my iPhone because if I do, I have just blown 45 minutes and I don't really want to do anything. So I can't do that. So it's like I cannot do that. When I get up, I'm fresh. I get before the Lord and I hear God talks to me and he desires to talk to all of us. The reason God made us, I am convinced, is simply so that he can communicate with us, so that we can develop a relationship with him. You know, well, well why do you say that? Well, let's see, there was, there was the Garden of Eden when Jesus walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, and he either talked uh, verbally or there was communication going back and forth. So I look back and I see, well, okay, God wants to talk to us. He wants to have a dialogue with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And there's so much that God wants to tell us. But until, this is my belief, until you become my friend, there's things I'm not going to tell you. I'm just not, because maybe I don't trust you. Maybe I don't know who you are. So as we come into a relationship with God, he's going to begin to reveal secrets. Uh, secrets from a heavenly perspective and secrets that are within our heart that we don't even know about. You know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Who put those desires there? (laughs) God put those desires there. So a little side note. So whatever it is, and surely don't think it's just something to do with the church. Don't think that. It can be anything. But if there's a desire in your heart, it's a burning desire, I think there's a very high probability God put that there. But getting back to this, um, we have to spend time with God. So how do we do that? Or what's taking our time? You know, I believe very strongly as humans, we do what we want to do. We do what we want to do. We find the time. You know, in this day and age, people are so busy. There's so much running going on. God has been speaking two little simple phrases to me for the past couple of years. Look to the past to see the future. And that is so, so true. And the other is, the new is the old. It never changed. The kingdom of God has never changed. People have changed it and made it more socially acceptable. And a lot of what is going on is not pleasing to God at all, as we'll soon find out. So, what's taking our priorities? What's keeping us from spending time with God. We really need to reevaluate that. If it's the TV, if it's media, my suggestion, turn it off. It's fake. And if you watch something or listen to something and it pulls you down, if all of a sudden you realize you don't like where you're at and what happened to my faith, what happened to my hope, what happened to my joy, if it's gone, 
then you're listening and seeing the wrong stuff. So watch what you, be careful what you see, be careful what you hear. And on the subject, one more thing as I think of it. Um, we need to pray over our imagination. At one time, I, I read a lot on imagination, and it seemed like from the religious perspectives that I, were reading, that I was reading, imagination was evil. Well, there's nothing more wrong than that. God gave us our imagination. And imagination is one of the gateways into, into ascending into heaven, in my opinion. So all we have to do is just ask God to bless our imagination and to sanctify it and trust God that he's going to begin to show us things. That, that you know, we're going to have eyes to see, we're going to have ears to hear, and we're going to have hearts that, be, that believe and receive. So we need to put aside what is holding us back. Uh, and then I think you need to make a, a, a commitment which requires discipline. When am I going to get alone with God? And I believe what, what I'm talking about here is different from your normal prayers. We can pray those all day long. But this is a, an intimate type of prayer where you are alone, however you want to say it. You're in the secret place. You sit at the feet of Jesus. That's the time that I'm talking about right now. How are we going to do that? Well, first of all, you have to determine the best time. For me, it's very early in the morning. It could be lunch. It could be evening. I know people that go to bed, get up three hours later, have their time with the Lord and go back to bed. So it's, it's whatever works for you. That's whatever is best for you is best for you. Okay? So <clears throat> we need to start with discipline so that it becomes a habit, and that's a good habit. So as we discipline ourselves, what, what I find for me is the discipline turned to a desire. Uh, the funny part of it was I don't sleep much anyways. So I finally had this great revelation. Why don't I get out of bed and pray? Duh. Since I'm not doing anything anyways except tossing and turning. So I started with discipline. You still have to get out of bed, in my case, if you do it early. That was discipline. And then I found that the discipline turned to desire, and the desire turned to delight. Do you get to the point when you realize, I might as well get out of bed early. I want to be with God, and I can't sleep anyways. That's how it is for me. If you sleep, God bless you. Tell me what that's like sometime. <laughs> so uh, two things I think we need to do. I think, number one, we need to repent when we're in that place, before we start to listen for God to speak to us. I think we need to repent of our unbelief. This is my opinion, and you are welcome to believe me or not. I believe we need to repent for our, un for our unbelief. You say, well, Frank, why do you say that? Because I'm guilty as everyone else. And I say, well, what does that mean? Well, I read the Bible and I don't believe it. You know, I'm saved, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and, and all the basics that we all know about. But there's so much in the Bible that we read that we just skim over. We don't even give it a thought. And as I said, I feel God is saying, look to the past to see the future. The things he did in the Old Testament and the things that he did in the New Testament, read Paul, oh my gosh. Read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Um, you know, read about the cat, I think his name was Philip. He's on the chariot in the Old Testament. And a guy walks up to him and says, what does this scroll mean? He gets off the chariot, tells him what the guy what it means. He said, we might as well baptize you. We're here and there's some water. You know, there's someone's pool, so let's jump in that or whatever. And um, the next thing you know, he's gone. He's found in the next city. Well, what do you do with that? Is it true? Yes. 
Is it true? Yeah. Does the word say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? It's still true. We just have chose not to believe it because it might not be socially acceptable for Sister Susie, right? I mean, what about Jesus when he walks out on the water when the disciples are thinking they're going to drown and die? He gets in the boat, and what happens? Immediately, it's at the, it's at the, sh the other side of the shore, the other side of the lake. What do you do with that? I mean, there's some guys in the Bible that God picks them up by the hair and yanks them up into the heavens. It's like, well, that one's not going to happen to me because I don't have hair. So I'm not worried about that one. But anyways, you get the idea. Anyways, there's so many things. That's just one or two. I mean, it's loaded. There's so many good things in the Word of God where people, they want to throw Jesus off the edge of the cliff. Oh, where's he at? <laughs> where did he get to, right? Well, has that really changed? Well, we've changed it. But that part hasn't really changed. But we've changed our belief system, and we've gotten so acclimated to not seeing signs, wonders, healings, and miracles that we just blow over it. We might read the words, but we don't know what we're reading because it doesn't resonate in our spirit man. So God wants to do some things. He wants to get us to repent of our unbelief. The other thing I think that's key in this is what I call listening prayer, where you just get before the Lord and Michael has written so eloquently about it many times. And, you know, I'm finally starting to get this. Uh, most, we, God wants to be our friend. To be a friend, you have to communicate. It requires, it requires dialogue from both people. And the way most people pray, it's, what, 99% asking, asking, asking. And what is it, 1%? I don't have no idea. Or less, we don't listen. Oh, we listen for five seconds. Well, I guess God isn't speaking, so we move on. We don't have it quite right. God wants us to learn to listen with no agenda other than to hear him. I mean, I've, I've, I'm coming to the place now where I can just sometimes sit alone with God in the morning or in the afternoon. This vacation has been so wonderful because we haven't had to do anything except spend time with the Lord. It's been so amazing but I found myself sitting on the sofa for a couple hours sensing the presence of Jesus with me. No agenda. Sometimes I hear things and sometimes I don't. But it's like, how good is this? How good is this? There's nothing better than being with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who made everything that we see and what we can't see. So God is really wanting to shake us up coming into the new year. This is what I believe. This is what I think God has spoken to me. It's coming to that place of, of greater intimacy. Um, and as we learn to come before the Lord, he begins to move on our hearts. And the passion and the love for God increases, and then the intimacy begins to happen. We have to put aside whatever is stopping us from taking the time to draw closer to the Lord. We need to be careful what we watch and what we listen to. And again, if it pulls us down, we need to just do away with that in our lives. So if you want intimacy, we're going to have to set a time. We're going to have to do some basic things. But spending time with the Lord, there's nothing better. I found a couple of scriptures that might sort of describe it, and I'd like to read those to you. Uh, Psalm 84.10 from the Passion. For just one day of intimacy with you, which is what we are talking about, is like a thousand days of joy 
rolled into one. Try meditating on that. <laughs> Another one is Psalm 27.8. And this is what the Lord spoke to me uh, way back when, when I first came, as I'll say, came back to the Lord. Um, Lord, when you said to me, seek my face, my inner being responded, yes, Lord, your face I will seek. I heard that, and I'm thinking, what the heck does that mean? So I don't, I don't know, but I just got alone with God based on that scripture, and God just started to, to put some things in place to get rid of some stuff so that he could bring some new stuff in. And uh, <clears throat> it's been a ride ever since. It's been a great journey. But uh, uh, there's another scripture that I've just been meditating on. It's uh, um, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far above more than we can ask or imagine or comprehend or think. Try meditating on that for a couple of days and see what God shows you. Or how about, I am in you and you are in me. It's like, what? Well, that's what it says and that's the way it is. But what you, what you glean from that is up to you. That's our responsibility, not God's responsibility. So it's there for the taking, but do you want to spend the time? I say it this way, the gospel's free, salvation is free, everything else is going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Okay? So, do you want to pay the price? Okay, now, is this really a price to pay? <laughs> I'm going to be enraptured in God's glory. He's going to talk to me. He's going to walk with me. Is, that, is this, oh, I'm paying such a heavy price? Not. It's an honor and it's a privilege. <clears throat> okay. So, this is a couple of things I'll just say. I feel like this is what God said. I want to partner with you so that I am your highest priority. Cast aside all that would distract you from being with me and I will give you the peace that passes all human understanding. To hear from me, you must come into the secret place where it will only be you and me, and there you will receive what your heart has been yearning to hear. <clears throat> Heaven is filled with treasures that are waiting for us to take, but we have to ascend up to get them. And, and it's, in, it's, it's in read of different things. It, it, it's body parts, it's antiquities, it's revelation. It's whatever you want. It's whatever God knows that you needed before he formed you. It's there, I believe, waiting for you. But sometimes we have to pursue it, like all the time we have to pursue it. <clears throat> all that we could possibly need or need to know is there. There is so much I want you to experience on earth before you spend eternity with me. Did you get that? Let me read that again. There is so much more I want you to experience before you spend eternity with me. Think about that. Meditate on that and see what God shows you. It'll blow you away. Allow heaven to come to earth. Let your perspective be heaven instead of the earthly plane that we're on. See from above and not from where we are. Pray and partner with me. God is saying pray and partner with him. Don't pray to him. Pray with him. Get the will of the Lord and then agree with him and pray and legislate 
and bring it forth on the earthly plane. Remember, God is positioning us and he's training us for future events. So everything that happens to us is for us, but it's for all the people that we will touch and all the people that we will come in contact with. So this is not about me. It's about those people that, whose lives God will, will, will change and affect because of what we have experienced or what we have gone through. <clears throat> Just because you can't see something in your life doesn't mean that it's not already in play. Um, I posted something on Facebook one day, so it must be true. Um, <laughs> let me think about that. It said something about imagine if what you are going through is preparing you for what you have been praying for. Think about that. Okay, who are we going to blame now? <laughs> I heard someone say they prayed, they asked God about that. It might have been Lance Wall, Lance Wall now. And Lance said to God, why are you doing this in my life? And, and the father said, because that's what you've been, when you pray in your prayer language, this is what you've been talking to me about. It's like, okay. Anyhow. So, God is positioning us. He's training us for future events. Even if we can't see it, we need to know that God has things in play. The angels are working on our behalf uh, <clears throat> to bring these things to completion. He is always working in you to bring forth the plan that he has for your life. And the one thing I love about God is he said he knows the end from the beginning. So if I'm here and this is the end, he knows I'm going to end up here. So I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm allowed to make detours. I'm allowed to go down the wrong road because God's going to bring me back. If I believe that, he will. So <clears throat> God said, I don't know how else to say that, so I'll say it that way. There's a new excitement and a new zeal that is being released to those that love me. I will take them to new levels of understanding of my word and the things that will soon happen on the earth. There are many words being spoken forth. Some are of me and some are not of me. When I speak, you will find eventually that there will be a peace and a knowing within you that it, that it is the truth. As you dig into my word this year, revelation will be released that if acted upon will transform you and help you to step into your destiny and you will soon realize how much more I have for you to experience. Some things that you have believed, you will come to realize is not of me. Imagine, God might be changing our theology a little bit. Okay. Because we're probably not perfect. Let me think about that. I desire to take you higher so that you will have a greater understanding of my ways in the spiritual realm. Allow me to transform you so that you will be able to hear my voice more clearly and give my love to everyone you meet. All of the resources that you need are stored up in heaven waiting for you. And as you, and as you come into the place of intimacy and one, oneness with me, they will begin to be released to you. I have the master plan. I have a purpose for your life that was written in heaven before the foundations of time. I made you to soar on eagles' wings far above the cares of the world to ascend into the heavenlies. Amen. So we'll talk a little bit about the church and revival and then we'll, we'll, we'll close up here. 
God's been speaking to me about revival, and I felt that this is what he said, a couple different instances. The, <clears throat> the greatest time of salvation, miracles, healings, signs, and wonders approaches. Churches will be filled to capacity to the point where they will have to move to larger venues, even stadiums, convention centers, warehouses, wherever there are empty buildings. Unknown people will rise up who, I believe it was Paul Kane or Bob Jones called the faceless generation, people that are not known. This is, these are not the Bill Johnson type of people. It's the average people like you and me. Unknown people will rise up who are filled with the spirit and power of God to lead many of these events. Many will happen with little planning, but all will be well. People will see and understand that what they are experiencing is of God and has nothing to do with man. Masses of people will come into the kingdom of God and many will immediately begin to evangelize their communities. Life as you know it will radically change. Many ungodly business ventures will simply dry up, no longer to be seen. This will be a solemn move of God. <clears throat> people will be instantly set free from drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever has held them captive. Many in the, the sex slave industry will fall on their face and cry out to God for mercy because the conviction will be so great. And large amounts of money will come in to advance the gospel. America will be transformed by the power of Holy Spirit. Then several years ago, I saw a vision. <clears throat> was a, I was in the vision. I was in a local church, and I was kind of like observing from above. And I looked out. This small church had two glass front doors. I looked out the two glass doors, and all I could see was people. I mean, literally, like sardines. As far as my eye could see, it was people, and they were like it was almost like a a, a, a hyster. They were like hysterical. It was almost like chaos, almost like a riot rushing because they knew they had to get inside the church. There were people that were almost getting crushed uh, in the doorway. Um, and um, the conviction that these people felt was so great, they were desperate to get into the church. I remember this small church could not possibly handle all of these people. So my thought went, well, what about all the other churches? And I felt, well, it would probably be the same as well with all churches. And then I thought, we're probably not prepared. <clears throat> I, my thought was, if it's happening here, it, it's happening in the other churches as well. Um, and this is, this is the beginning of the great, the great, I believe, the great end time revival. Uh, I do not know when this will happen, but I know that it will happen. And I felt that the Lord say, the great revivals of the past, such as the Welsh revival, will be pale in comparison to what God is going to do in this nation. Uh, if you've ever read about some of the old revivals, um, the bars actually went out of business. There was no one in the jails. Another great revival was the, uh, is it pronounced, Hebrides? The Hebrides revival? Is that right, Marilyn? Interesting concept there. The two, the two elderly ladies that prayed that in uh, are related to President Trump. A little side note there. So, <clears throat> yeah. So the air was heavy with conviction. The people knew they were compelled. They had to get in the church. Some didn't know why they were going in there. 
They just knew that the answer was there, and some did. But out of this, uh, and I think Susie might have said something about revival. There's a lot of threads already today with the wonderful testimonies, which God always has threads that ties things together. Many people in their teens and early 20s will become radically saved and go on a quest. This is so powerful. They will go on a quest to evangelize the world with little money and no plan but to hear from God. Hallelujah. They will go wherever God tells them to go. Wow. This is radical, radical salvation. Almost total disregard for self. Let's think about that and the generation, the current generation that we see now emerging. What a difference. Um, it's radical salvation. Some of these young folks, I'm going to, to me they're young, some of these young folks will be martyrs. They will gladly, it was, I, I can't even put it into words what I saw, um, how thankful they would give up their life so that other people could be saved. It's like, wow. Many of the older generation will not understand what is going on. And many of them, the quote-unquote religious older people, will be offended by what they see because they're not doing it the way that they think it should be done. God bless their darling hearts and stupid minds. That's what I say about that. But there will be some, there will be some that will realize God is doing a new thing. And what he's doing in in these folks, he didn't do with us. He didn't do it that way with us. But we have knowledge that we can impart to them. And there will be those of the elder generations that will help, but a lot will not. They will just stick up their nose. So, God help them. So the church is in a place of a great transition to go from where we are to that place where revival is going to come forth. And as always, when there's great transition, there's there's much warfare. As I'm sure a lot of us have experienced, There's a lot of warfare going on, has been, and there will continue to be. But remember, the enemy will always fight us to keep us from going to the next level. You know, God's had many moves. Interesting, God has had a lot of moves uh, in in, in this past couple hundred years. And usually, the next move of God, let's just call it right now, we'll just say the current move of God, whatever that is, the ones that fight that move the greatest are the ones that were involved in the previous current move. It's classic. It's classic. But remember, the devil does not want you to advance. He will go to whatever length he can to try and stop you from advancing. If you're going backwards, he's hands off. He's happy. And if he sees you status quo, he's happy there as well. Why? Because he figures in time you will slide backwards. If you're not going forward you're probably sliding backwards. The church is emerging. The times are changing, and what many people did not believe and questioned, they will actually come to understand and realize this is God. That's exciting. There is a shift coming to society, and it has already started. But we can't see it if we look with our normal eyes. We can't see it, but it has already started. The enemy is diligent in fighting in warring against us, <clears throat> but soon the changes will be evident. This is not to put down. This is not the time to put your weapon down or to take a break. 
we must continue to watch and pray and intercede and do what the Father tells us to do. Great victories, great, great victories are on the horizon, even in the Supreme Court. And that's another story. Uh, man's beliefs are changing. The gospel of old is the new thing that God is doing. There's no new gospel. <laughs> the new is the old. God is taking us back to a simpler lifestyle when we're not caught up in all of the stuff that we are doing. Did you ever think maybe the stuff is what's keeping you from your relationship with God? What's more important, time with God or the stuff? You decide. <clears throat> so, to see the future, we have to look to the past. Embrace the kingdom of God. Do not let your guard down. Purpose to see the future for what it's really going to be, and it starts with you. You know, what you believe and what you speak is, is the environment that you create around you. So I personally cannot stand being around negative people. I cannot stand it. God is not a negative person. He's eternally positive. He's filled with joy. He, he sits in the heavens and laughs at the plans of his enemy because he already knows the plans and he's already, four, he's already X amount of steps ahead of him. He laughs at the plans of the enemy and he is filled with great joy. We should be the same. We should have great joy. We should, we should receive the peace of God. We should flow in peace. We should flow in joy. We should be filled with the fullness of God, and that's up to us. <clears throat> Many leaders in their church who have not done what I have called them to do will soon fade away. That's already happening. They will be replaced by those that are sold out to me. The winds of Holy Spirit are blowing across the land. That which is stale and erroneous is being blown away. I am raising up many small groups of people that are seemingly hidden that are coming together to seek my face. And in so doing, they will continue with the book of Acts because they believe God and they believe the word. These people are not restricted by the confines of religion. They are free to do what I tell them to do, my church is emerging. The church as you know it will become a thing of the past. There is much perversion and bondage in the modern church. And in many of these, this is what I felt God said, and in many of these edifices, I am not welcome. In many of these churches, God is not welcome. That's not really that hard to figure out when you look at some of the churches and, and their, I'm not going to say belief, I'm going to say, and you look at their non-beliefs. <clears throat> Do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You know, we need to begin to meditate on God's goodness. It says in Philippians 3, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of, good report, of a good repute, if there is excellent in anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Don't think on what's going to pull you down. Even some of these things have some truth in them. Some of these things that will pull you down have a hint of truth. They have a truth, but they don't have the truth. 
be done here in a few moments. Uh, <clears throat> I made you to soar on eagle's wings far above the cares of the world to ascend into the heavens. As you soar with me, I will take you to places you have never been and you will see things you never dreamed you will see. I am an unlimited God and nothing is impossible with me. As far as you have gone in your relationship with me, however far that is, there is so much more that I have for you. There's always more. Again, <laughs> there is always more. You will never exhaust all that I have prepared for you. <clears throat> I, saw, I saw myself, I had a little vision, I was on the back of an eagle. Obviously, it was a very large eagle. <laughs> okay. And I was laying on the eagle like this, and I, it was so clear, I can still see it. My head was about that far from the eagle's head. And the eagle, he was soaring, and he was continually looking forward, left, right, always looking down, always looking up. And he rode the currents of the wind. And I thought of what the Lord said to me, no Holy Spirit, like the eagle knows the wind. And I realized he wasn't flapping. He was soaring into the heavens, into the higher heights. And it did not require effort. He was not flapping his wings. And we went higher and higher. We finally came to the top of this mountain. And there was a plateau there. I saw an old barn, dilapidated, an old barn. And a lot of the vertical siding was off. And the eagle flew into this uh, barn. And it looked like there might have been a second floor, but the second floor had caved in. But the, the, uh, the beams were still around. And we landed in there, and then I, don't, I, you know, I didn't see the eagle anymore. And I looked, and around the perimeter of this building, it was filled with people, average-looking people. And I said, what is this? And God said, these are people that have ascended to the high place to come to know me and to come to know my strategies and to understand my works and my acts, to come and partner with me and to pray in agreement with me. And when they have received this, they will go back down to earth. And by, their, by what they declare and decree, knowing that it's true, they will help to legislate that on this plane. I said, man, I'm a part of that. I mean, I'm in for that. <clears throat> the scripture, uh, I got to read this, Isaiah 40, 31. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And there's so much more in this scripture that, that maybe sometime we can get into. This is what God wants to do in our lives. So he's saying, come into the secret place, cast aside all the cares, make the main thing the main thing. Remember to listen because God wants to talk to you. He wants to show you things. He wants to reveal. He wants, you take, to, he wants to take you up to the higher places. So, in closing, well, two things. There's a book that I think you might enjoy reading. It's called Practicing His Presence. I first read this book 20, 30 years ago. It's about a guy named Brother Lawrence. He lived during the 1600s. About 100 page, easy read. And this gentleman was known... Um, as the one who constantly, who constantly walked aware of the presence of God in his life. 
And this is a pretty amazing thing to practice the presence of God in your life. Uh, and he was known, what he said was, he lived, he, uh, he walked in the presence of Jesus just as Jesus walked in the presence of his Father. Amazing, amazing book. And this all, if you, this all ties together if, if you can see it. Uh, so in closing, I believe this is what God wants to do. I think this is an amazing verse to meditate upon. I think I might have already read it. I'm not sure. Now to him, and by the way, this is the Amplified. Um, uh, yes, Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now to him who in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purposes and do super abundantly, wow, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Think about that for a while. Amen. Well, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you for what you desire to do in our lives. Holy Spirit, be with us. Put, put a, a perseverance in us. Put a boldness in us, Lord, that we would desire the more, that we would say, this is good, but there's so much more that our heart desires. There is so much more that you have for us. Help us to ascend into that place, Father, where we can begin to glean from you what our heart desires to have. So we say, come, Lord, let your angels surround us. Let them be with us. Holy Spirit, guide us into this place of newness, of freshness, of discovery, of revelation, of light. Let your light and life permeate our very beings. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.